Chant it down, radios coming to you live from the Hawaiian Islands, coming from the perspective of complete freedom, coming from wisdom outside the system, and then some. This is the mouthpiece of the natural bird forgotten. At this point in time, humanity's been kept from the truth, so Chant it down, radio offers the coordinates to a path out. You're searching for something whole Cause what you see real life You're watching this world unfold The truth in needs a lie Rekindling what's been stole The need to free one's mind Uncover the truth exposed So people see the light Let's shut it down so we can know It's simple, we just break it down a little bit So we can process all Make the switch and elevate yourself to conscious mode And it's beneficial we can get this kinds of growth And get the future Generators want to stop the whole thing But the mess is demonstrated, we can start a post Taking in the simulator and getting lots of numbers Waking up the possibility to try to stop hypnosis Welcome to Chant Down Radio Where we deprogram from the deep program I'm your host, Loomis This is episode 184 The website is chantitdownradio.com Don't be afraid to go years back in the show's archives It's all still relevant We've been ahead of the time the whole time and all the shows matter actually more now. So we got a crazy life to navigate through in this particular time in history. So many people telling you that their perspective is right. And it's the only one. So many people telling you that their belief system is what knows all, whether it's religions, science, new age, you got cults, even people in within the truth movement. Sometimes so many voices that are telling you to join what they think is right. And then there's truth all by itself that can fit parts of itself in many and all of those belief systems, just parts of it. Well, the truth right now on the earth at the moment is pretty scary and raw, and it can be very overwhelming because we built lies around us to avoid the truth. And when people realize the truth, they often experience the seven stages of grief. And with the last stage of acceptance, doesn't mean we are cured or in a good mindset. So to counteract that, we need spirituality that is based on truth so we don't dive too deep into the gloom and doom and negative and let that fester within us, yet not cover it up. So we need to cultivate the things the system left out. We need uh, childlike play. We need creativity, imagination, synchronicity, consciousness, balance, healing, we need positive alchemy. We need to touch something amazing every day to feel like that we're alive. And that's what today's guest is all about, Chance Garden, the host of the Innerverse podcast. He's into solutions of the spiritual, spirituality without new age bullshit, opening up awareness to a living universe, or as he calls it, conspirituality. He chants it down. He's the third eye opener, mind focuser, multidimensional ride motioner, gatherer of gnosis, and a wise host of works. Chance Garden, welcome to Chance Down Radio. Yo, love the introduction there. Thank One you, of the bro. best I've heard in a long time. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Like all the rhyme and the slant rhyme, you call it, I guess. <laughs> Just well, super I'm, good, man. I'm an expert. Got me fired artist. up, got me inspired. There's thank so you. much that we're going to get into. It's going to be a wild ride. Great. Glad to have you on. Appreciate it. And, and it's awesome that our mutual friend, Matt Landman, was able to, to link us up. Um, I didn't know really your podcast till I talked to, well, he talked to us and he's a great, he's a great uh, connector. Um, so uh, all praise to Matt Landman. Yes. Yes. Big props to Matt Landman. 
So the Interverse podcast is an awesome podcast. I, I really, I really like your range of knowledge. It's, it's into, it's an esoteric ride into consciousness. Um, maybe let's first, cause I don't know if my audience knows of you really as that. So tell the audience about it a little bit in case they haven't heard. Interverse, as I like to say, is your portal for opening up the third ear. <laughs> entering like into perpetual flow of synchronicity. That's the goal. I consider it a synchronicity generator and it does turn out to be one uh, for people listening for peace. The more you connect with the, us as a group with Interverse, our, our telegram family, or you come into the live streams and just follow and flow with what we're doing, the more connections it seems to create in people's lives. Actually, one of the biggest goals I think that I've come to realize recently is that the only thing that there is to talk about is that everything is connected to everything. <laughs> so actually everything to talk about and there's nothing off limits, a good way to give a, a taste of what the show is really like, because it does go all over the map would be to just describe in brief, the most recent four episodes, which it's been a wild ride this week, especially I think I put out four episodes in nine days and that's not even counting some live streams in between the main show episodes Damn, the four recent shows have been with david whitehead the awesome truth warrior we discussed cult of the medics his new documentary series getting to the ancient roots of the hysterical religious practice that we call modern hospitals and how it connects to the most dirtiest secret society business ever anyway that's a fun one. We also had Marty Leeds, the mathematics of the logos. We talked about gematria and Gnosticism from a non-boogeyman perspective and actually the mathematical, mathematical connections in our language that prove the Tao, that prove divinity and an infinite uh, spiritual inspiration. Then we talked to Emily Ridout, a astrologer, where we discussed all the Interesting things you could reflect on from 2021 in astrology and what we might expect going into 2022 with planetary movements. And then Jim Gale, the food forest abundance guy, he came on and we talked about the ultimate solution of turning our yards into permaculture food forests and how that would pretty much solve 90% of the bullshit going on right now. Is it okay if I say bullshit? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. You can say whatever you like. Okay, no Free censoring. Platform. Okay, No good. censoring. So that's four episodes, and those all came out just this month, and that's a kind of the variety you'll see on the show. Occult, deep, mystic conversations, practical solutions or health-based conversations, and all spiritual in nature to some degree because whether you're looking at ways to know thyself more clearly, which is what mysticism should always be, or conspiracy in the world. Conspiracy is definitely spiritual work. There's no way around it. So one leads to the other and they flow in and out of each other. And I'm only here to not spread a fear, porn, doom and gloom, but to show that actually the more we can see clearly and communicate, communicate clearly what's really going on inside us and outside of us, the better everything flows and finds harmony because nature is a self-correcting, self-repairing, amazing, you know, singularity of a system already. And yeah. if we can 
be more clear in our communication that constitutes a proper flowing of the chi or prana or ether in all aspects of the life fractal. And wow. that's kind of, <laughs> maybe we can talk more about that because that idea yeah. definitely fits into everything I do. And I definitely do more than just the show Interverse. There's a lot. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that. Um, but I, I, uh, well, there's a lot in there, you know, um, with my show similarly too. I go over, like, I think about all these different episodes I've done recently and none of them are really, they're like isolated subjects. If you look at them that way, but they're all connected and they're all part of the picture. They're all part of the woven tapestry. And, and, and I feel like what you said earlier, you said, uh, conspiracy. Conspiracy is a spiritual work. It really is. Once you dive into the fact that we can't just, well, once you get past just looking at the, the, the nuts and bolts of it, you have to go deeper in order to, like I was kind of saying in the intro, in order to, to correct that, that fallen world, you have to go deeper and it allows you to uh, uh, gain a spiritual mindset through it i think and it empowers you at least that's been my journey big time i take that quote from michael tesserion an amazing researcher old schooler who i'm lucky to call a friend and really of course one informs the other right the more you wake up to spiritual truth the more you can see it's like spirituality if you are looking at it as an ascent to a higher perspective or a more complete perspective. Of course, it's going to include the lows and the highs. And there's also the idea that spirituality is actually like studying spirits or spirit, what spirit is. Conspiracy is with or together and breath or spirit, depending on how you look at it. In Latin, spiritus, I believe is the word, meant both breath and what we call spirit. The breath is the ultimate expression of spirit and inhalation of spirit. So one leads to the other because if you're on an authentic spiritual path without blinders on and you've hit the acceptance stage, like you mentioned, then you're going to have no choice but to see how everything's connected. But at the end of the day, it's about how these things connect back to us and nothing conspiratorial is worth studying unless we can figure out how we have some inner dynamic at play that reflects the outer world into the shape and configuration that we are having a challenge with. And the solutions are always within like the food forest idea. Most of the tyranny going on in the world wouldn't really matter if we were all just growing our own food and not connected to the uniform commercial code, maritime admiralty law, (laughs) matrix right yeah so there's a lot to that idea that they're one and the same i think one leads to the other for sure absolutely it does and you brought up david whitehead who's an amazing speaker and i've had him on the show before a friend of michael cesarian i mean they're like a dynamic duel um but but they but what he's putting out right now with the cult of the medics uh is is uh showing you that deep connection and really like it's the control over every resource of our world too. So you talk about the food forest. I mean, well, we're, 
you know, we're not able to live free. Like, yeah, I can grow a garden, but if I wanted to go in the forest here and grow my own food and survive on my own, I could not because of this cult. It's, it's, everything is connected. It's, it's one huge tapestry. So the solutions have to come in. We have to give as many solutions as we can. And that's what brings us more spiritual because then you go, oh, this is shit. This world sucks, but it doesn't have to suck. It has all the ingredients to be uh, abundance and uh, an amazing place on earth. I, I, I feel like we could all make this stop tomorrow but because of these people, we have to dive deep. But it actually is good because it allows us to become deeper human beings through this process. Yeah, Babylon's going to do what Babylon's going to do. Yeah. And to what degree we could actually make it all stop tomorrow, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Not to be like a bummer, but actually I see it as great that everything that goes on is for our enlightenment or enjoyment. And the reason why this emotional plague or like, where does this emotional plague come from that even leads us into this mafia style existence? I think there could be it. I mean, it doesn't have to be in the form that it is now, but there could be a universal truth to the existence of what we perceive as evil. And it's something that is there for us to grow. Now there's a definition of evil called natural evil, which is, the type of challenges or hardships that one might face in on their own existing on earth in nature, like you break your leg or something like that. And it is, in my opinion, maybe possible that we either came from a state where the evil that we experienced was just the natural form of evils and natural hurdles and challenges to existing on the realm. And we had to graduate because how often do you go and get hurt in nature now that we've solved all the puzzles and made everything handrailed and padded and safe and squishy. So there's got to be other ways for us to experience adversity in order for the soul to grow in the realm that we're in. And I'm not, I'm definitely not excusing some of the things that go on in the world that are terrible. It's just that there's two ways to look at it. Like, Oh, everything sucks, but the ingredients for it to be good are there. Or you could look at it like everything's perfect, amazing. And the stuff that is ugly or disharmonious is actually part of the equation that helps me grow beyond things that I am not because we're, we're talking about truth as a higher order concept. And there's really only one way. I remember learning this from Mark Passio. There's really only one way to arrive at truth because truth is the infinite. It's the Tao. The Tao that can be named is not the Tao. You can't really encompass it in a description in a box, in a label or a category. And that's why whenever we even communicate truth, it still comes in all these different flavors of perspectives. Doesn't mean truth is relative, but what it means is the best and only way to really define in a sense or delineate, circumscribe the borders of what is true is by eliminating what it's not. And that's actually part of what know thyself is trying to explain. It's not that you don't know yourself. It's that you have all this stuff on top that is not really you, that you're pretending is you and is keeping you from seeing and experiencing and feeling the real truth of self. And that self is the same as the infinite. And that's the same as your rights too. When it comes to the tyranny in the world right now, part of the issue is that we've got rights mixed up. People believe that their rights are 
what's granted to them by the legislators or maybe their graduated level above that and they believe their rights come from a more older document that is better written. <laughs> and then there's the actual fact of the matter. Rights are given, God-given, which means they are inherent and intrinsic to what you are and who you are. And it doesn't matter how aware of them any one person is. Your rights are what they are. And like truth, your rights are infinite. There's an infinite number of things you could do in the world that would be right to do. That's the beauty of this place and why we have the option of creative solutions and creative expression. And so when we are talking about rights, you got to take the apophatic method with that too. Your rights are simply that everything that you could ever do, except a few things that are not right to do, which are things that limit other people's freedom. And this is maybe a long-winded way of explaining, but like the nature of spirit you find as you move along further on the path, the nature of spirit is freedom. That's another Tessarian idea. Very helpful philosophy. That's what spirit has always been. The sp freedom is the, the foundation of existence. Existence and freedom are almost synonyms whenever you get down to it. And that means that no matter what's going on out there, it's all an expression of how you've set your boundaries with the world that determine how much of this, that, or the other thing affects you. And in fact, the worst stuff that we see in the realm is not that different, in my opinion, than if God were to hire computer hackers to try to break the database, break into his computer system of the reality simulation he coded. Not that I think reality is a simulation, just a metaphor here. Yeah. And those hackers have been hired to try to break in so that whenever the holes are revealed, the problems in our methodology of existing are revealed, then we can make adjustments. And that's what evolution's about. Patch those holes, patch those bugs. And <laughs> from that point on, we're never going to be vulnerable to it again. So I look at what's going on right now and how the gas pedal has been stepped on for people to be afraid of all kinds of different boogeymen as a really big moment because it is the apocalypse. But what's being revealed is all the weakness in our game so that we can never have to go through this experience again if we don't want to. It's up to us. And maybe some humans will stay on a carousel and go around and around, but yeah. that's part of it too. That's their freedom of choice. We get our freedom of choice. And there's really no limits on what you can achieve except until you put the limits on yourself. And especially when you imagine that those limits are because they, them over there, they said, I can't. And that's why I can't. <laughs> it's a convenient excuse as part of the, you know, the denial portion, actually. <laughs> but what you're denying is your own infinite potential. And so that's what I'm trying to always recognize and realize in myself to higher degrees and show that to other people. Got a long way to go since it's infinity I'm chasing, but <laughs> I'm enjoying it more every day. Right. And you mentioned the apophatic inquiry and kind of like showing what is negative and what is positive. Um, I think that's, that's uh, part of the process of waking up for sure. I did a series of shows called the system tentacles a long time ago. And I kind of showed basically that we're who the system is not us. We are a different, we are a different thing uh, ultimately but these things has its tentacles attached. So if you, 
take these off one by one. For example, one of them would be, you know, media. Another one would be science. Another one would be your job and every everything. Then you kind of figure out, well, who am I without the system, which is a really hard thing to do. But that was the the question I posed on the show a long time ago is, who are you without the system and all these people telling you, you can't do this, you can't do that. And that's, that's the, that's the uh, catalyst to set people on the journey. Yeah, man, that's amazing. Whenever I asked that question, who am I without the system and walked away from as much as humanly possible from that system, from mostly occupation, right? That's where we get ourselves wrapped up in a false definition because how can you not, even if you mentally think, oh, I know I'm not my job, but you're spending 40, 50 plus hours there a week. Well, I don't know how else to explain who someone is other than what they do every day. <laughs> it defines you. And that the being defined in that way is like being defiled. And I don't want to say that everybody's doing the wrong thing who's got a job that's a full-time job. There's some people that find that job to be super in alignment with their what they want to be and who they, what their soul's mission in the world is. Or they put that resource towards something else they want to build. And so there's phases where it's like, yeah, we got to go jump into other people's artificial reality and harvest some of their resources and then come back out to build our reality. However, I also realized whenever I finally took the leap of faith that it's not a joke. Unseen forces come to your aid whenever you do what you know to be right for yourself. And that's what allows you to do the best for other people. So whenever I took that leap out of the system, I realized or I found out about myself that I'm pretty fun. <laughs> like I actually, I'm kind of funny. Uh, I've got crazy energy, super inspired all the time. But many of those aspects were just hidden under the layer of the work of the occupation of the need to do this repetitive action of banging my head against the wall to receive the monopoly money. And yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that it's just a snap of the fingers, flip the switch, everything is all right because maybe to maintain certain aspects of the system being a way that you're supported or like what you've purchased or what debts you've created for yourself, or maybe that requires you to stay in that artificial reality for a while longer until you smoothly transition out. Cause of course, if you just pull the plug on some people, they're not ready. It's like in the matrix movie. <laughs> some of these people will fight to defend the matrix. If you try to pull them out. However, I know it's possible. And I know that at the point where you're no longer defined by doing the stuff you don't want to do all the time or every day, then it opens up so much energy for a new expression of life to come through. And it's just a fact of the matter. If, if you're not having fun with what you're doing, if, if what you're doing isn't fun and you're spending 40, 50, 60 hours a week doing something that's not fun, you're going to be less fun of a human being outside of that. And I, I, that's just my philosophy because I, I can only base this on myself and on other people that I know, but it does seem like you want to just set the boundaries of what you will accept in your life as firmly and as clearly as you can possibly bring yourself to do without being too scared because the universe will respond and your experiences will, it's like very, very real 
your experiences will reorganize themselves around your new boundaries. It's a, it's a powerful thing to recognize in ourselves. It's very connected to the solar plexus chakra, to our will. And it just turns out <laughs> you can't really have it both ways at that, that well. It's tricky. You can, you can try to have it both ways, but it's never going to be, you're never going to have a hundred percent of the, the one of the two ways that you really wanted. So in terms of recognizing and expressing your true will, that is going to be lessened the more that you compromise that true will by doing, you know, what you think you need to do to survive. And this isn't to like, this is definitely not bashing on people out there. Cause I know how many of us are still doing jobs that we would rather not really be doing, yeah. but do you guys think we're going to have a different society anytime soon? If we all stay in the rat race, doing what we don't like, <laughs> what we don't want. Uh, yeah, maybe that would be a radical collapse moment when we all pull out, but Hey, ancestors didn't have jobs and they survived. And it doesn't even mean technology has to go away. I think that we would be, we would have no idea how fast humanity could accelerate into an amazing phase. If we all took our power back because what society is right now for the most part is built on savior messiah mythology which to put it simply is that i have to sacrifice myself to the crowd or that's how i become a good person that's how i'm a good loving person is i let everyone else eat my light (laughs) essentially and even the messiah characters of religions that that story making their sacrifice to the collective the most important part of the story and interpreting it as what we should emulate in ourselves is just an interpretation especially dangerous to be fully literal with no room for the poetic interpretation and right so what the most important thing that any any teacher or spiritual guide could ever bring to your awareness would be your own power. And that if we could all become vessels for our inner light with integrity, where we're not leaking that light, where we're not feeding it to vampiric people or entities or institutions, then we would have a society full of shiny (laughs) ascended beings, right? If we were all self-reliant and self-contained, then it wouldn't matter what happened anywhere because there would be a reliable person there. You'd be there. Whereas right now we've got a bunch of half depleted, you know, empty paper bag human beings that appear to be NPCs because they've given up so much of their inner light to the system, to other people, to the vampire that there's not much left other than the framework of the program. And that's something anyone that's what soul retrieval really is in a shamanic sense is fixing the vessel's integrity on an energetic level on an electrical level on a physical bodily level so that the person's life force energy their aura doesn't fall out it's like you're a uh you're you know you're like a bowl or a cup that is holding are you a cup that's half empty or worse or are you a full glass Because if we all came to the party with a full cup, nobody would need a drink of your cup. And even if someone did need a little drink, maybe you could give them a little drink, but 
<laughs> you really don't have to. I think you want to model to the world what a healed, healthy, powerful being looks like, because that's what's also going to lead someone to higher level of self-awareness. You can't shove information in their face and say, hey, look at this. This is you shouldn't eat that. It's got poison in it, yada, yada. If if you look like shit, if you're the conspiracy theorist that's like choking down a cigarette and talking about the Rockefellers and the reptilians, that it's your Dale from King of the Hill at that point. I think the best way to to bring other people to a higher degree of knowledge and awareness about even the dark stuff going on in the world, which is important to know about, is to let them come to you. And the, what would bring them to you is if you are a bright light, super bright light, super well self-contained. And that's been my mission. That's also what I help people with on a, on an energetic level. I guess you would call it healing. I call it tuning because I, I don't really want to like suggest that someone's broken. It's just that we're getting things back in tune because it works on a chakra level. It's about getting all seven of those back into approximately the same strength as one another. So they're harmonious and we can, I'd love to talk about that a little bit. We don't have to go super deep into it unless you want to, because when you explore the electric or the bioplasma field of the body uh, in, in a conversation, that can lead us to all kinds of places like, you know, what people consider to be entity attachment, what, what might be going on with AI, what <laughs> all kinds of stuff like that. That's my jam lately, but I also talk about it all the time. So I could go anywhere. Well, yeah, let's go there in just a minute. I definitely, I, uh, you brought up a lot of things. So the, the word occupation has the word occupying it. And I've always viewed a job as something that's occupying somebody's space. Well, actually, when they had that occupy movement, I felt like, wait a minute, no, no, no. The system is occupying people's minds. And there's so many people like say they're half empty and stuff. And um, they haven't, really gone on the path. I did the path a long time ago where I decided I wanted to do music as a living. So I quit the system. This was in 1999 and it, and I actually had bills and everything. I said, fuck it all. I'm going to, I don't, I'm not going to pay my bills anymore. And that's crazy as that sounds. I, and, and, and uh, as irresponsible as that sounds, I went off and did what I wanted to do. And life brought me like, in a warp speed of consciousness and the universe took care of me and I was fully me for therefore I was yeah. uh, attracting people that were for me. And in fact, that's what started my journey in 1999. I met an insider of the system that told me how the world really works and it blew my brain off. But basically from then on, I was empowered. So it took that letting go going away from the job saying, I don't care if my bills pile up or if I have them, I'm just going to live my life because I wasn't living my life. And I, I mean, it's a dangerous road. It sounds like, but once you let go, synchronicity comes abound. Um, a few Dude, years. That's amazing. You just fun. proved everything I just said. <laughs> it happens. And I, I think that's what you're doing right now with your show, because you're now doing this as your main thing. And so you're inspired and you're that light shining now because you're no longer just occupied by your job and everything. So it's awesome because then you're now attracting this new life where you're, you're doing this as your job, which is, is your purpose. And once you get aligned with that, you just feel so good. 
I wanted to bring in something too, just just because uh, before we go on to talking about what you were saying, um, there's a lot of things we could do. But um, yeah, I'm cool with anything. Yeah, I'm stoked. Um, I was in. Uh, I've been seeing Elevens for so long now, 14 years or so on the clocks. Uh, it's like it's eight eleven or it's eleven eleven or triple numbers, and so. I feel like that's the universe talking to us, but I feel like, you know, a lot more, you know, the Dramatria too, you know, a lot about numerology and stuff. So I thought I'd ask you this as we go along. Cause when you go on your path like this, you start to see these things. I don't know if you see a lot of things like this, but I, if I were to look at the clock, um, not trying to, and then just look over, it's always 11 after. And I've been doing like 14 years of this. It's like almost haunting me, but it's awesome at the same time. But um, it's, is this something that you, no, I'm sure you know a lot about this, so I'll, I'll just let you take it away. Cool, man. Well, yeah. I can relate that there was times in my life where I felt like I kept seeing the same number every time I looked. For me, it was 42 was a big one. And then, of course, now it's just like I have fun with it. If uh, if I notice that it's 333 or something, you know, I might send a message to the Telegram group to, to note I like that. I like when numbers line up. I like those moments of synchronicity, you could call it, because the the clock is synchronized. But in in truth, the funny thing about it is there's no such thing as 11. There's no such thing as 11 o'clock. There's what we call 11 in nature, only in the sense that you might be able to, you know, count 11 mangoes on the ground. And that's how, and there are that many mangoes truly there. But the idea of it, Oddly enough, doesn't exist. There's also no such thing as Friday. There's no such thing as December. <laughs> and so, um, now I'm not saying that to like dismiss the fun or the magic of when you just know something is going to be what's on the clock. Like for me, oftentimes I grab my tarot deck and I know exactly what card I'm going to get ready to pull. <laughs> and so every once in a while I even say it and I'm like, here it is. <laughs> So there's something to it. Uh, I think that, you know, you know, the energy of the universe responds to our consciousness and our consciousness responds to the energy of the universe. To talk about 11 on the Gematria side, I did just read Marty Leeds' first book, and I'm going to continue reading his books as I can. His first book is called Pi in the English Alphabet. And I learned some pretty cool stuff about 11 through the metaphor of Adam and Eve. So if you're interested, I'll just maybe like get into the math of that because uh, sure. there's some fun stuff there. Okay. And this is just to show the magic of, of math, which like I said, it's a human system. It's conceptual. But what makes it divine is that within our language, there's math and there are ratios that are tr and transcendental numbers that exist. And there are relationships between numbers that even though we maybe made up the idea of calling it one, calling it 11, whatever. The language is ours, but through the language and the math that exists in the language, the divine speaks to us and reveals higher truths that demonstrate the not random nature of the universe. Not that there's no such thing as random, but that, you know, this is not a big bang. Uh, this is not... <laughs> You know what I'm getting at. This yes, is not the true. materialist world, right? Yeah. So, okay, so 11. You got Adam and you got Eve. Adam would be odd and Eve would be even. Adam, Autumn, right? Oh. 
So if you were to lay out Adam as zero one and Eve as one zero, that's kind of a way of looking at it. Uh, and let's see, I'm trying to think of some cool examples of this, but what's, what's also neat is that if you split that number line in half between one and 10 and you looked at all of those numbers between one and 10 times nine, you would see this really cool symmetry effect that, that happens where two times nine is 18 and 18 or uh, and nine times nine is 81. So you have 18 and 81, they marry each other. You have three times nine is 27 and eight times nine is 72. And it goes on through the number line, like four times nine is 36. And let's see, six times nine is 54. I I mixed that one up. Sorry. (laughs) So seven times nine is 63. If you catch my drift, like there's this cool mirroring effect and this goes on even up to uh, 11 times 11. Uh, If you do 11 times 11, obviously now I feel like I should get my notes out for this, but if you do 11 times 11, I'm going to get a calculator. So I know what I'm talking about. You get 121. And so that has a mirror built into it. If you do 12 times 12, it's 144. Then if you flip the 12s to 21s and do 21 times 21, it's 441. So you see 12 times 12, 144, 21 times 21, 441. Same happens with 13 times 13, you get 169. And then 31 times 31, you get 961. So it's the same thing mirrored. And what's cool is that there seems to be something really magical about, about the number 13. I've been researching and just looking for the information to come to me about 13 lately because it's so fascinating. And this is one of the things that came to me was that that mirroring that goes all the way up um, one through 13, it stops at 14, 14 uh, times 14 is not a mirror of 41 times 41. So there seems to be like a split between 13 and 14, where at that point we're in almost like a different, (laughs) it's like there's a, a totality, a completion to one through 13. And Maybe there's something to that. Maybe that's why a lot of the secret societies and Templar based orders are really into the number 13 or, yeah. uh, you know, maybe that's the 12 of the Zodiac around the one. And that's where the extra one comes in. And in terms of transcendental numbers, 13 to 14, you have a 3.14 in there, which is pi, which is a, a massive, massively important transcendental number. So those are some of my thoughts that spun out of talking about 11. <laughs> sure, it was kind of random, but you know, there's magic in number for sure. Definitely. And our brains are pattern recognizing machines. So anyone out there, if they feel like they're noticing a pattern of numbers a lot, I would say don't obsess over it. But to the point where it's fun or gives you the feeling of being in sync and good energy, that's great. To the point where you're like trying to figure out just what does it mean? Well, if the meaning is not readily obvious and just jump into your head, uh, that, you know, maybe don't worry about it <laughs> because we can kind of create synchronicity out of things where it's not there and lead ourselves towards a bit of a wild goose chase. And then we can have authentic synchronicity, which is always happening in that kind. In my opinion, the difference is one is self-evident and the other requires 
uh, the, the other leads you places where you're kind of stretching a bit and it's fun to stretch and it's fun to look for and, and craft patterns out of our experience. But the best way to know if you're in flow of synchronicity or not is if the synchronicities are self-evident and they come without you trying to go find them and they just keep popping in. That's what I think that's the real like Dow experience. Yes, I agree. I agree. Well, like I never go looking for these things to either. And, and it's like, even like if I told myself, uh, you know, years back, like a long time ago, I wouldn't, that I was going to be doing this, you know, I, I would never even think that I was going to be doing this, but this podcasting, but I, I think that, um, it shows you, it brings you things you're not even looking for. And, and that's the path. And that's the path that shows you things that just come to you and you go, Oh, well, this here's an experience. And it's not, you're not trying at all. If you know what I mean? You're just going, it's just coming to you. And even all this information that I am talking about on all these podcasts is like, I never went looking for it. It came to me. Another fun thing about Adam and Eve, I just recalled too is, and this is from Marty Leeds book. So okay. he's using septenary as the, the gematria cipher, but yeah. in a septenary, septenary gematria cipher, which only uses one through seven and assigns one through seven to the letters of the alphabet. Adam and Eve equals 22, which would be an 11, 11. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. So where does that come from originally? I mean, well, I mean, you, we can go into the Sumerian text and you have Adamu, which was, they think based on Adam, but like, where's, what's the, where do you think the origin of all that is? Like, is it, is it, cause it's, this is not, this is just symbolic really what you're talking about more so. Yeah. I think this is an old story of Adam Cadmon. The really, when we are looking at that concept, I think the best way to experience it is as the universe being a body, the universal man. Mm -hmm. If you twisted up a human being so that they're, head was touching their feet and they made a circle and you applied that to the Zodiac that would even show you what the different astrological correspondences are to from sign to body part. So if we were like looking at that story as literal and there's somehow the, <laughs> the creative aspect of the universe itself, the divine flow of self existing eternal life force energy and it came down and became a character named God. And it walked around a magical garden with a couple of just born human beings. It just seems so really silly, but whenever yeah. you get into it as a poetry and as a metaphor, and it is poetry. I mean, there's even, I think the beginning of Genesis is actually in iambic pentameter. <laughs> That's poetic. It's it's meter. So if you look at it as such, then you can get into the, and this applies to everything, not just, not just scripture. Everything becomes scripture whenever you open up to it. Anagogical as an explanation where we're no longer just requiring one literal dogmatic meaning of something. We are now entertaining a variety of possible interpretations. And with scripture, it's really ripe to pull out the, anatomical explanation, your body, the astrological, the stars, the sky clock, the nature, the seasons, which is really going back to sky clock, the legal realm, 
even is oftentimes explained very well in, in scripture. And so like anything divinely inspired though, uh, this is part of what's fun as a, a synchro mystic, you could call it, where you apply this same like dream decoding Jungian analysis to life and to films and to books that are not necessarily religious texts. You'll find that that phrase art imitates life is radically true. And it doesn't even matter the intention or the level of gnosis of an artist or creator deep spiritual truths come through even in stuff that didn't even have the best intentions from a lot of the producers like Holly weird shit. There's always going to be a way to see through the fractal lens where life force energy created this expression. So it is an expression of life force energy, which means there's a particular archetypal dynamic at play. You can call it the hero's journey. You can call it the sky clock. You can call it, you can just say that everything is God, whatever you want. But that's the fun is realizing everything is everything, which means no interpretations are necessarily off limits in terms of exploratory. You might explore a direction and go, oh, this doesn't match the template. But the key is to look at enough parts of life or master enough aspects of life, sometimes just one thing, doing it really well, you'll get there, where you can see the template. And once you get the template, you know, which is know thyself, you understand that in the springtime, it's all the aspects of Aries. And by the time you get to the end of the year, you're in the concept of Pisces and everything that applies to that tones, colors, times of year, right? It's all one big system of correspondences. There's always more connections to make and always more to know, but this basic template, once you're aware of it, it gives you a decoder ring of sorts. You can actually, you could call it the ring of truth, right? You start to be able to pick up the ring of truth in things. Does it actually fit? Does this story or does this idea fit into the concept of how life force energy expresses as a sine wave rising and falling, this vibratory pattern that we call life? Or is this something very synthetic and contrived and artificial or even antithetical to that life flow. And it's a good way to be able to tell what's going to bring harmony to your life and what's going to bring corruption into your life. If the ring of truth is there, then to some degree it's worth looking at. And you become somewhat of a master with that template. Yeah. Or you, you maybe not the master or a master, but you start to understand how, mastery works at the very least and you can start to smell it you have a a zen sense yes yes i i was gonna well so we're talking about like you were talking about earlier life fractal and i kind of wanted to get into that with you um one thing that's kind of just happened to me yesterday i just want to go into this real quick and then we can go to that too is this sort of like I don't know that I've seen this a lot uh, in hall. I look at Hollywood as a, um, you know, with their predictive programming and everything they're putting in things as they're trying to communicate to us. And it, it communicates in its own way. Cause like you were saying, art it ends up communicating and uh, synchronistically as well. Or, but I, I've noticed um, that time seems to be speeding up a little bit 
And what, what happened to me is I went with my wife to another island out here. And it, this is in 2014. And we liked the day. We like, let's do that all again. So we did it again yesterday. And it was like we only had half the time. We didn't like time these things maybe correctly, but at the same time, like what we're like, how do we have all that time we had in 2014 as we didn't have yesterday? And it wasn't any necessarily busier on the roads or anything, but it was weird. And we started to think about time speeding up. Then I, I always think in my mind, I go like, well, is CERN messing with things? And then you see, and you got the, um, new Spider-Man movie coming out here. It's about like messing with the dimensions and finding, you know, other Spider-Man. And that was actually done in a cartoon too. And I'm seeing this. I was in that movie. Out. They came was, in, recruited me. You were in it? Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had to wear a costume so you don't see me, but yeah, I'm part of the, t- the Spider-Man team. Really? Wow. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. I love no. Spider-Verse actually though. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, the one. That's the one. It's the yeah. only good Spider-Man movie so far. I mean, maybe I don't agree with the physics of it, but it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's cool. So you uh, were you a stuntman or something? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I have oh, a yeah. Spider-Man tattoo and I like I literally have the Spider-Verse comics that that's based on and I see, I see. I'm a huge fan. So, and I'm on a YouTube channel quite frequently called Weaving Spiders Welcome as one of their recurring co-hosts or collaborators, whatever. So anyway, I, I may have cut in too much on your, your question there, but I definitely have thoughts on the subject of the time. So if you wanted to articulate a little more, go for it, or I'll oh. just kind of jump in. Well, actually I was pretty much done. I, I just, I, I was sort of just kind of spitting it out here thinking as I'm going, but I, it's, it's like time is speeding up. I, I feel, yeah, they say, you know, like you get older and, the days go faster. And I I believe that's true, but I've been talking to other people about this too. And they really do feel like time is being sped up as well as even karma too, but we can get into that differently. Um, But what do you, yeah. What do you think about all that? I've maybe gotten a atypical perspective, but not uh, atypical as in not typical. (laughs) (laughs) So the thing about time, I'll see how I can explain this. The thing about time is that, it is what it is. It's a perception and our delineation of it into hours, minutes, days, months is completely artificial. It does not exist in nature. In nature, there's only one thing going on. The sun comes up, the sun goes down and the other luminaries make their journey. That's all there is to it. Now you brought up CERN. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. CERN is Cernanos, which is the horned god. Time is Kronos, which is Saturn. But what is lost on most researchers in this field of the occult is that all of these different gods are really the sun in different costumes, different stations of the year. So at one point, the priesthood, either they forgot or like, you know, they kind of got stupid they, lo- they went to a lower level of consciousness or more likely they have always known this and they gave us a different external story to confuse the issue. But what was the sun got divided up into all these other characters. Now in the mythology, the different characters were just to try to co- encode and contain the story that 
the sun goes through the different parts of the ecliptic throughout the year. And the year has different qualities in these different parts of the ecliptic. So at no time have you ever been, have you ever experienced one minute, 60 seconds, one hour? None of that is actual. It is conceptual and perceptual. So if you've done any kind of psychedelics, you definitely know that you're lo- what you're conscious of, what you're aware of is going to change the way time feels. So one hack that I've been trying to practice lately is to not give myself to-do lists so hard. Tough for me because I'm actually an Aries son, so we're kind of a go, go, go type and always thinking about the next thing, but really disentangle yourself from the what I'm doing next and then what's going to be after that. And you know, if the idea pops in the head, just be like, that's my intention and leave it. But it's okay if it doesn't happen, but don't be anywhere other than where you're at. So that's one way to feel like you have a little more time. But the other aspect of time that is important to recognize is that if you want to have time, you have to take time. So because we are using a time-based system that's totally artificial, but we're treating it as if it's the, the true reality, that's why sometimes you will feel like you got all this stuff done or you, did, you had all these experiences in a day and it was so jam-packed that it felt like a week in a day. And then other times a day will feel like a couple of hours and you ran out of time. And no, if you really pay attention, you'll notice that the warmer months, you feel like those days you can, if you're not in like a routine, of, <laughs> routine's the ultimate killer of the feeling of having time. Routine, not routine in a healthy sense, but routine in like the occupation sense, the rat yeah. race, the hamster wheel. That's the ultimate creator of artificial time loop. And uh, if you, but if you pay attention, I really think you'll notice that the sun being out longer and stronger is usually an indicator that you feel like you have more time to do shit, period. So this is all very difficult to explain in our language, especially to those of us who are still in the mentality of, an hour is an hour. Every time that I experience an hour, it's the same hour as the other time, but it's really not. These are measurements of something that's much more squishy and wobbly and in, imprecise than we make it out to be. Nature is imprecise. It's fuzzy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it doesn't work on this system of perfect sim- symmetry of uh, across the board where every expression of a thing is the same every time. It just isn't. There's room for leeway and change and newness in nature all the time. So a way to look at time is that you have Kronos, the taskmaster, the I'm on the rat race hamster wheel. I'm in a t- That's being caught in a time loop where if every day for you is largely the same as the days before it, and you're mostly doing stuff that you feel like you must do to survive, uh, then your time is going to feel really limited. But if you are always taking time for yourself, for what would be best for you, for what you would enjoy most, for what would bring you growth or true prosperity and happiness, then you'll feel like you have time because all that happened was that you gave yourself time. (laughs) It's like really simple, but it's also, it's a, a thing that must be lived and experienced to truly break out of the old way. So there's there's chronos time or or hamster wheel time which is a loop it's cyclical it it even counts for the year because we're the sun is doing this 
circuit every year. And eventually we're going to get back to the same part of the year as when the sun was here last time in what we call December. And it's going to feel pretty similar, maybe not exactly the same because other aspects of the oscillations of nature are different in the terms that we see as other planets and their positions in the sky clock. But it is a big circle because eventually even those planets are going to hit the same spot again. And so that's Kronos time. That's uh, one aspect of time. But the other part of time that you should be focusing on is spiritual time. Spiritual time is either going backwards or forwards. You're a time traveler. Your spiritual time is going forwards on your journey if you are expanding if you are growing your spiritual awareness because that's what spirit really is consciousness is awareness it's feeling so the larger degree of yourself that you become sensitive to and thus the more of the world that you become aware of that is the real progression of time that's the only time that is true or that is actually what you'd call time because the circular time I was talking about, the cyclical time, it isn't really what we would consider as such to be time because it's not a line. It's a circle and it repeats. Right. The expansion spiritually, however, is a progression forward. It, that's the real journey. So if your time loop does not lead you into any, if you don't give yourself or take the time in some way to get more sensitive, to clean out the filters, to be able to perceive a wider perspective of who you are and thus the world too, or you're actually going to be doing the opposite. <laughs> there's no, the one thing that's true about nature is there's no stasis. You're not going to be stuck. And we always want that. We want to hover like, Oh, this is a good spot. Let me stay right here. Right, but as right. soon as you do that, you actually start to have decay. You have stagnation. So your spiritual time is either you expanding and you moving forward on your time in a true sense of you growing the soul that you're here to grow or it's stagnation, it's backpedaling, it's getting less aware, it's blocking more and more aspects of self from self because you have to do that because the longer that you stay on the hamster wheel without progressing spiritually, the worse it becomes, the worse it starts to smell in there. <laughs> Your energetic hygiene gets worse and worse. You start to rot, you're decaying and that means that if you want to be comfortable in that zone, you got to turn off more and more of your perception of that zone to the point where eventually, I guess you just put on the metaverse goggles and <laughs> plug your nose and you're like, okay, I'm in a whole different dimension now. Like this rotting corpse that I'm driving around no longer matters to me because I can't see it or feel it or smell it. But I hope that makes sense that the, the perception yes. of time being different, it has everything to do with the fact that the sun is and you, you're the sun and your universe is going through a phase where it's waxing and waning in a sense, no different than what the moon does, or even planets like Venus and Saturn, they actually have a waxing and waning too. And you're doing that on an energy level. And so the more energy you have as the peak part of the sine wave comes up, the more attention you can pay and the more vast what it is that you're experiencing becomes because it's like high summer and you get and your time gets bigger and it reflects in the dimension in the sense that the days are longer. Um, now 
that may not, that, that ex- description might not be perfectly in alignment for everybody, but that's the best way that I can describe it as such now. And the most important part of it overall is that part about your time being spiritual, the real progression is spiritual and the circular one is state. It, it doesn't actually take you anywhere. <laughs> it just continues yeah. on this loop. And there's different parts like a train will come at a certain time in that circular that you can jump on. Like the fact that Jupiter is going into Pisces and there's a lot of possibilities with that, for example. However, uh, you have to make the choice. You got to get on the train. You got to get in alignment with. So like really you're getting your spiritual degre- uh, development and progression in alignment with that circular time, cyclical time. That's the real juice right there. And if you think you can ignore the spiritual and just stay in the circular, uh, it doesn't work that way. The spiritual will suffer. Yeah. I, oh, I know um, exactly what you're saying. I think it makes great sense. That's really well said. Um, I, when you're talking about spiritual time too, like, or the timelessness you experience when like you're in a creative zone or um, you know, I, I, uh, haven't really tried this particular psychedelic, but a friend of mine likes to try the five MEO and it only lasts. I have had DMT and it only lasts, you know, short amount of time DMT too, but you could be in a universe that expands you in so many ways and wake up like 10 minutes later. And you're like, that's it. Nothing, nothing in the cyclical time happened, but the spiritual time is where, where we, where we really, I guess for lack of better words or experience God, because we're in that timelessness in my, in my mind. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've been on the deems before, so I know what you mean precisely <laughs> about the, <laughs> the, the different experience of time. Yeah. yeah. That's quite an interesting substance. It's been a while since I took the ride, but universe seems to want me to have it. I'll just say that it just like, if I don't have any, I'll find it on the fucking ground. It's happened more than once. <laughs> wow. It's so weird. So yeah. I'm always like, I've always just in case I need to, it's like break glass in case of emergency. But, um, you know, part of the journey is to develop these powers and actually just heat, like, uh, restore the powers, not develop because it's just an atrophied ability that it, we always were natively equipped with to be able to go on these journeys and, so one thing that's been really important to me lately is practicing on purpose visualization, which has helped my inner sight quite a bit and helped me to also artistically express myself because I can see what it is I want to bring forth better than I used to. And I have a long way to go to develop that inner eye and connection to imagination, despite how it might look from the outside because I'm doing a lot, but you know, that's the real juice is being able to see with your eyes closed, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that zone. And you DMT, um, it, well, have you noticed when you've, you've tried it that afterwards you smell it everywhere? Did, did you notice that too? Like, <laughs> it's like, you're like, well, it's everywhere. It's in everywhere. Oh, that's a funny question. Yeah. Uh, it, I don't know how it just comes the thing just follows me around. I can hardly do an interview on other people's shows without DMT coming up. I just not, I don't know why that is. <laughs> I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. But I, 
think it's the smell of death actually, and not in a bad way, but in a, a balanced way that when like what we're doing in that experience of the, the blast off, if you will, is actually recognizing the truth that like Schrodinger's cat, you're alive and you're dead. You're both and neither. You're actually beyond this dualism. Not that the physical universe doesn't operate on duality. It certainly does. But what you are, you're the line between the black and the white on the yin yang. And so when you get to the stage, when you do the external ritual of DMT or other plant medicines that gives you the belief and the experience that you're going to see the other side what that is, is you're actually, you're seeing your death side or your unconscious side. You're experiencing both halves of yourself at once, 360 degree vision. As you'll notice when you're in your waking state, you only have 180 degree vision at any given time. Everything's built on that cut in half world. And so the, I think that's the smell of death. I've noticed like, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've noticed that similar smell when I'm around people that are about to transition out of their body. And I don't even know if it's a real smell because it's not like death as in putrid. There's no. something else to describe. It's almost floral, but it's like a lotus opening up. And yeah. It's, a plant it's beyond, smell. I think it's beyond a scent. I think that it's a different kind of sense than just a normal scent to answer your question. If that even answers it at all. <laughs> but if you notice on the death card, number 13, there's that number again of the tarot. He's holding a flag that has a five-petaled flower on it. So, there, and there's even like, yeah, there's even some flowers that take like 40 years to bloom once and they bloom for one day and they smell yeah. like death. Oh, the corpse flower, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why I thought of that, but <laughs> well, it, if, it is a floral smell. It would make sense being that that's got this, the death card you're talking about 13 but i don't know but i know that the corpse flower smell like blooms every 100 years or i, I don't know but i know what you're talking about i know what you're talking about uh yeah i, I don't i don't mess around well I, I haven't done that in a while uh because the last time i tried dmt i saw a gray alien and it kind of freaked Uh-oh. me out I was like, whoa, I don't know if it was where I was at, what time in my life I was in. But it was it was really it was really um not pleasant, you know, it, like it wasn't a good thing. So I decided to just kind of cool off on that for a little bit, but that was a long time ago, you know. It was like 2007, so it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, been hot on the trail of those grays trying to figure out what's up. <laughs> yeah. Massive research area for me lately. Never met one myself though. No, I, I, well, I haven't either. I mean, I've seen a physical, I've seen physical UFOs and I mean, there's so many. I've seen UFOs. Yeah. But you just said you met a gray on the deems. Yeah. That counts in my opinion. Cause I think that they're, well, what we're experiencing with angels or aliens, I think it's the same thing. Angelians is hmm. a form of life that is exactly what I'm talking about. What I was trying to describe of being both death and life at once and not being so afraid of death that we can only be life is similar to the duality of wave and particle. And I think that's the big lesson humanity has to 
learned, myself included, to get out of the phase of what you call the fall of Adam, Mm -hmm. how to master waveform duality, how to exist simultaneously in the potential and in the particle. That's what I think those beings are. And not all of them would necessarily be nice or good either. I have suspicions about them, (laughs) quite a lot of suspicions about how they may be influencing our, our universe. Now, not that they're all bad. I think because it's life and because they're, they're, you know, both the good and the bad together, the merging of life and death, wave and particle, that of course, some beings that have attained that level of mastery would be trying to help us get there too. And then other beings would just be trying to harvest our, our loose, our energy. So it'd be both at the same time. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it's a mystery, that whole gray thing. I mean, I, that, that would bring the topic so such a different direction, but maybe I'll go there with some time with you, but I like it. I would love to I'm yeah, deep yeah. into the studying it. Uh, the, even the wave particle duality question once you start to open up to the possibility that, oh, well, not the possibility. In my opinion, this is just a factual reality that all is mind. The mind is all. Coincidentally, that's why government is so insidious because it's mind control. Right. And it's more than just you as an individual that they're controlling your behavior. Mind control means control of everything. So <laughs> mind is, that's the first hermetic principle, massively important to realize Everything's happening inside the mind already. So it gets us a lot closer to wave particle duality fusion, getting merging those ideas just to recognize the mental nature of nature itself. But if we went all the way, I mean, the next thing that would be possible would be that theoretically you could will or imagine things directly into existence or at the very least into perceptual existence, maybe not into physicality instantaneously. But I'm thinking about this concept of beings that have mastered maybe even a technological sense, the the wave particle duality masters of the waveform and that this could be uh, where cyborgs come from or where, where men in black come from or things of that nature, uh, experiences of cryptids potentially too. Now, when I say cyborg, replace the C-Y and put in P-S-I, cyborg, Uh as in bodies constructed out of the will or intent of psychic energy in alignment between the wave and the particle duality. So that, you know, maybe there are beings that can just pop pop a body into existence and and then leave it or uh you know dissolve it maybe there's rules to that maybe there's particular energy necessary and it's hard to do maybe that's what they're harvesting from us is the energy that gives them the ability to do that kind of seems like on the conspiratorial or negative side of things the the plan from the powers that should not be is very invasion of the body snatchers the transhumanism thing i believe to go back to that idea of your vessel of your body being a vessel for the light. Well, all these people in the world right now who've been just juiced like crazy, all they are is a paper sack, like empty paper sack. Like I said, that could be the plan all along is to empty 
the spirit out of being so that something else can come in and get in there. It's, it's been the plan going back for a long time. <laughs> it, <laughs> Who do you think the Lord of the hosts is? Yahweh Saboath, Lord of the hosts is what that means. I think that's talking about the, the seraphim, at least the, the naughty side of the seraphim, <laughs> the not so nice ones, the warlike ones that are actually attempting to turn us into host vessels for their parasitic energy. Yeah, it's definitely not human. Just the, the if you can go back just to the system as itself, the way it treats people, it's anti-human. It's anti-human down to every little detail, including not being able to find a restroom to go pee in somewhere in a in a public area these days. But I'm just an example. But like just everything's anti-human. So it makes sense to me that they want to take away our they want to they want to invade people's bodies which they have with this shot but with other things too all the spraying they do and all the experimentation i i guess i kind of lost my train of thought with that but i can I, weave this into some cool shit yeah okay go for it but i i was it's basically like they are trying to it's almost i've almost thought about this that that technology in their hands is them is almost like an AI and all that is almost like invasion of the body snatchers in its own way. It's like taking over people. It's almost like an alien of, if you will, at itself as itself, AI, it's like taking over society and they want that in us. So that's basically what I'm seeing is they want your cell phone basically in you. They want, they want the internet in you. They want all this inside us. So, so then who are these people going to become? I mean, we, we're doing it. It's an experiment on humanity right now. We have no idea where this is going to go. It's, it's crazy times. Crazy, but go for it. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. Are yeah. you owned? Are you owned by your cell phone or do you cell phone? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about aliens. We better get real clear. I mean, there's a bunch of different ways to look at it. I'm up for the anagogical explanation always. So there's not just one particular explanation that'll work. Some people are at different levels and need to hear it as demons or as aliens or, or whatever yeah. from Zeta Reticuli. But I think you can always boil it back down to yourself and your bio energy and the rhythms that you are in and expressing rhythm is frequency. So, okay, let's see, let's back up a little bit. My other gig that I do besides hosting Interverse is I do, I call it Aura Mechanic or Aura Technician. <laughs> That's my other job. And I use tuning forks and uh, there's some other aspects to the modality, but I get into people's field. Um, the biofield has an anatomy. Now, what's the biofield? It's a diffuse electromagnetic medium or a bioplasma. Now, plasma is tricky. Plasma is a state of matter that's purely energetic plasma is the energy that's moving in a in a larger system the energy itself and the flow of the energy is the plasma there's not a physical particle structure to go and look at it's energy itself so it's it's the wave aspect of our because we are already wave and particle combined we just only really see and perceive the particle that's part of being stuck on life and not recognizing Death. Death is the diffuse or the diffusion, the disillusion. And we have that part of ourselves, this 
unconscious side, this death side, even this feminine side, or maybe that's the masculine side. <laughs> I think it's dangerous to get really too cl- into that. Um, that's a side subject, yeah. but bioplasma is the six foot ish area around your body and within your body, the energy that's electrical in nature that flows around this bubble space that you are this torus, this egg of your field. Now this actually stores the record of our life experiences. Mind and memory are inside of this electromagnetic field. Even stuff our ancestors experienced is encoded in standing wave format in our field. So uh, as Eileen Day McCusick, the author of Electric Body, Electric Health puts it, in this model, your body is inside your mind rather than the other way around it. Because this field, this bioplasma is your mind. And that's what, what are you other than mind at the end of the day? All you have is your, what you can consciously experience and what you can conjure into your conscious feeling of experience, which is what we call memory. And then thirdly, maybe what you can imagine. So that's all that we really are is what we can feel and experience and be aware of whether we pull it from the future and call it imagination or we pull it from the past and we call it memory. Now, what that means is our self is electric in nature. It is this wave aspect that's filling up the vessel of the, the particles of the body. And that also means that any other form of life that is conscious and aware would be the consciousness side of it would be this bioplasma, this electric energy. And that would include even beings that we can't perceive that we call the alien. And why would we, or we call them angels, call them spirits. Why would we call them the alien though? It's because they're foreign to ourself. And when we talk about demons, it's the same thing. Is some invading energy we, we look at it as that's come and possessed us or occupied our vessel and taken it over or influenced it for the negative? Well, in my work tuning people's aura, I find these pockets of energy that are compartmentalized, that are cut off from communicating with the rest of the whole of the body's field. And it's the same structure as what you get in the external world with militaries and corporations compartmentalization leads to corruption because that chi, that life force is now blocked from flowing with the rest of it. And like water standing in a pond that's lost connection to the stream, it can start to get nasty. And because that the energy itself is conscious, the electrical current of the universe is the same or is itself conscious. And it's like water in the sense that it takes on the shape or it takes on the awareness of what it's shaped like or the container, the vessel that it's in. So if the vessel that this compartmentalized energy inside your field is shaped like is a knotted up musculature, like your back is all twisted or, or some yeah. part of your, your leg is stuck clenched and you can't unclench it and you don't even know that you're doing it. You know, it's like when you get a massage and some muscle tension releases that you had no idea you're holding onto. Well, how was the musculature stuck in that armored position? It was because your consciousness was holding it there. And if it was doing that, then that means some percentage of your consciousness or of your energy, because these things are synonymous, was tied up separate from the rest of it. 
to hold this form, to hold this posture, to stay in corruption and to be stagnant. And so that means that inside of your field, you can actually create or you can experience the feeling of foreign invaders, <laughs> foreign entities, demonic consciousness, because alien is foreign to self. It's only foreign to self because you're, it's not in flow with the rest of the awareness of what is self. So the ultimate solution to everything is the recognition that all is self. And that if something seems alien, foreign, or demonic, it's because you haven't put it back in its place. It's not in flow with the rest of you like it needs to be. It's, it's a stagnant chi. And the beautiful thing about nature is it's self-cleaning, self-repairing. Water filters itself. There's a whole cycle in nature that does this automatically for our water. Same goes for your body. If you get your chi flowing again, like when I do these aura technician sessions for people, it's simply that I am able to help the body of the person communicate with parts of itself that it had been cut off from. And then once that communication is restored, the self-regulating principle kicks in and it heals things heal themselves rapidly. If the person wants to hold the hold the new mindset or the new awareness and not let it go and go back into the old pattern of unconsciousness, then the healing will stick and the changes will will uh, stick. And even what they have going on in their external world will reflect the difference in their inner world field because it's actually the same thing. Life force energy is one. The aspect of reality that is one, that is unified, oneness is ether or life force or chi. What's separate and plural is the particle. It's the, <clears throat> the different vessels we have, the different containers, the different bodies and personalities come out of that too. Uh, and there's other aspects to personality like, you know, sky clock, but to, I guess, to wrap up this idea that I've been trying to explain is that the, your aura is a biofield. It holds inherited information uh, as well as, so you could call that genetic information as well as energetic information. Energetics is the tone of your biofield, or even you could call it like the tone of the song of your DNA. And the beautiful thing about our bodies is that they are self-tuning instruments. It's like a, a guitar or a piano. Your chakra system would be like the strings on the guitar. And when I get in there, measure different chakras before I start the, the session with somebody, I can tell, I use dowsing rods for this, or usually I know before. I get out the dowsing rods, but I just use those to like confirm with myself that it is what I thought it was. Because uh, what's weird is the more I do this, I just know <laughs> going in what I'm going to get, what, what I'm doing as soon as I see the person and talk to them. But you, you use the tuning forks because the body hears the coherent tone and it's in that part, one part of the field or another as you're sweeping through. And it just automatically adheres or like tunes itself to the coherent tone. An example of this in external world that you could use would be you get like 50 metronomes and put them together and you set them all starting off at different rates and you come back later and they're all in sync. Right. Biology works this way too. So you can use the tuning forks to do this exact thing. You can do it for yourself. You could hire me and it's, it's pretty amazing, but the, the process is centropic. It's like, 
we talk about entropy all the time. We talk about gravity all the time, but what about centropy? What about levity? Levity or centropy, that's the uh, self-organizing, self-ordering, self-cleaning, self-repairing aspect of universe. That's why you get the metronomes falling in sync with each other. So when we do this process of finding the compartmentalized pockets of energy in someone's field, the alien within them, and it can even like it can express in all kinds of ways. It can be like a monster that they feel that and they're seeing it, you know, in the external world. You know, if there's a problem and it's in the root chakra area, it's going to come through in the sense of like maybe they don't feel safe at their home or maybe they're living with somebody who's violent. And the, uh, the reason they can't get themselves out of that situation is because on the inside, they have a, they have some sort of a hitch in that in the part of their biofield that contains the information and the vibratory pattern or the electrical system that reflects in the external world as home, as security, as safety, that type of thing. So we get in there, we smooth out these tangles. We put the stuck energy back into the core, the central channel column, the spine, the chakras, and that's centropic because it brings the lost life force back into the body to circulate back into. And then that gives you more energy because consciousness is energy. You become more aware of a part of yourself that you had cut yourself off from because of a trauma, because of a, a limiting belief, because of something someone told you when you were five years old and you totally forgot, but you internalized it as a belief about yourself. Yeah. And you bring that back. And now the, the, the being will have, instead of getting 70% through something and quitting and having a pattern with that, now they got the throughput and they finish because they have their full self available to p- apply to everything. So it's <laughs> this a future of definitely the future of health is is light and sound, which are actually the same thing on different parts of the spectrum. And there's so many, so many things that you can relate to this subject of your aura and tuning that up and like restoring life force to your body connects to plasma physics, shamanic soul retrieval, hypnosis. There's a thing called ego states that's very interesting that has to do with like the the road to schizophrenia that many of us end up on where certain events will actually cause us to splinter off entire portions of our identity and they become living psychic beings in the astral realm, like a version of you that's seven years old and got attacked by a dog (laughs) and (laughs) just living that experience over again until you go and retrieve them. That's soul retrieval as well, but there's uh this connects to psychic vampirism or energy vampirism. Very important to be able to like tie those subjects together. That could be a cool future conversation. Gets you into even what's going on with the old world technology, like the cathedrals and the the organs and sound healing technology that existed a long time ago and has for a long time. Connects us to past lives and ancestors, and very importantly to Reich, Wilhelm Reich and his orgone technology, simple and very elegant and effective. Something else I'm really into Me too. and would like to speak to you about more sometime where I can put you in touch with experts in that field that are making really big differences in the external world with this etheric or more energetic technology, simple and elegant, that is fixing the dissonance or tuning the ether even around places like that are heavily corrupted with the frequency fence technology. Because uh, that's something that uh, even our buddy, Matt, 
doesn't necessarily get into as much as I'd like. I've been trying to point nudge him in this direction that, yeah, geoengineering is happening. Yeah, there's a 5G is happening, but we are not powerless against it. Actually, the solutions to it are way simpler than the problem itself. They do require a technological solution because it's a technological problem. But I can just say, like, I've neutralized the the dissonant field of the 5G towers all around my house. And now chemtrails do not stick above my house in a several mile radius around my house. I see them further away, further outside of town where the, the white milky haze is hanging in the air. But in the area that I've dealt with, with the Reich technology, by planting it around the towers, the 5G towers, there's no chemtrails now. They spray it overhead and it just falls apart in midair and it doesn't block the sky. It doesn't block the sun. So there's definitely solutions and they're all connected to this restoration of the flow of our electrical energy inside of ourselves or out in nature where it's been interfered with. Right. That's cool. I have a life tune device on my phone. So it takes that energy and neutralizes it. That's, I guess, kind of the same thing you're talking about as well. It's pretty good. Um, I know that I've seen stuff over the years, these Kim Buster things and Oregon energy. I think it might work. I haven't really tried, like played around with it much, but I'm, I think I know what you're talking about with um, some of that. Uh, I was going to go back though. You, you, well, you said a lot of things. Check out the OregonDonor.com. Okay. That's my friend, Mitch. Yeah. Yeah. He's actually put so much of this technology out in Arizona that this year they had the biggest monsoon season on the historical record and the desert turned green. They even had a second spring in what should have been fall. It's been snowing. There are new life forms appearing in the desert that were thought to be extinct or haven't been seen before. Animals are coming down from other regions and starting to populate parts of the uh, state that were not habitable to them before. So like, to me, maybe we can't go prove things and this is we're in an age beyond being able to materially prove this or that. And it must just come from experience. But I see so I see something happening there. And so does my community. And we've been as a community doing a lot with the the earth pipes is what Mitch calls them. It's almost like acupuncture <laughs> healing for the planet. It's grounding the ether of the dissonant frequencies and letting it actually just get neutralized so that the the tower still works in terms of being a cell tower, but being a frequency fence that is a lattice work of charge that the spray can sit upon, that doesn't work. So the best way to explain it is like the sky is fucking huge. And if you go spray shit in the sky, it'd be, it's damn near impossible to spray enough stuff in the sky to make any kind of a difference or even make clouds that last for very long. Because we're talking about basically an infinite sky and the parts per million ratio of whatever gets sprayed out of the back of a plane is eventually going to just dissolve to a near zero point entropically in that huge field that is the sky. But whenever they use cell towers and create frequency, electromagnetic frequency lattices that are a particular, a particular frequency and structure of the energy that gives a, like nodal points for these particles, aerosolized particles to rest upon. And that's why you see these 
hazy clouds that just hang in the sky and create those weird, like uh, fake rainbow sun dogs off the sun and yeah. dim the sun and how they can direct, <clears throat> direct those clouds to be right in front of the sun or in front of the moon. But all that falls apart when you neutralize the, the uh, frequency with, <laughs> with Reich technology. It's pretty amazing. I've yeah, seen is- it. I've done it in my area. I've, I've heard about it in other areas from my audience as people have been in, experimenting with it. So I'm really big on that as a solution because it's not that hard to do and it certainly couldn't hurt. Even if we were wrong and it's just a coincidence that Arizona is getting all this rain and turning green. It's just a coincidence that chemtrails don't hang above my house anymore. And I live next to an airport. So (laughs) there should be chemtrails hanging above all the time. But since I've been, since I've gifted the region, it's not, not, I haven't seen them stick. That's awesome. That's really good. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, I, I met an insider in 2008 that talked to me about all our bodies would be right. If, if we could get into uh, a thought rife machine, I think he was saying that if he, we could just, you know, because of all this spraying and this experimentation stuff that's going inside of us, that it would easily heal us just pretty much instantly. If you could always have, access to, to something like that. But you also talked about sound healing and I, I wanted to throw in there. I knew this couple who wanted to activate their DNA and they wanted to like activate, I guess their junk DNA. I, so they did some sound healing and they lived on another Island and I called them and they said they didn't even want to go outside anymore because they like activated something to where they were like freaked out about the world. I, is that, that doesn't sound like healing to me. No, it doesn't, doesn't sound good. Uh, uh-uh. but I hope I know I lost contact with them. I don't know what happened to them, but, uh, it, it certainly was kind of weird what they did. Um, I have never really done sound healing, but I've, I've done a lot of chakra tapping and I've had, chakras sore the next day after I've done that before. And, and I know that that works too, um, clearing your chakras and things like that. And we could go on and on. I know our time is running pretty short here, but uh, I guess we'll have to have you on again because yeah, I'd uh, love to. Yeah. It's a lot of ways this information can go. It's endless and it's, and it's uh, so interesting. So what's um, different about just to like, maybe wrap up the point, what's different about what I do. And I learned this from Eileen McCusick, who I mentioned already got to give her the shout out, read her book, electric body, electric health, or tuning the human biofield. The difference between what I'm doing or what she and her students do. I'm not affiliated with her. Technically. I do know her though. She's yeah. been on my show. Uh, the difference is that we're utilizing a framework called the biofield anatomy that she discovered or described. And this allows us to actually specifically target and address different parts of your field and know what it is that's there. Like my most recent client, for example, I hit a certain part of his field and all of a sudden, even though I've never met this person before and I barely talked to him before we started, I hit a certain part of the field and all of a sudden I became aware that when he was young, His father became violently angry, left his mother, and there was a huge fallout in his family from that point on. I had no way to know that, but I knew it because of what I experienced in the biofield with him. The other thing about it that's wild is that he was in the UK and I'm in Missouri. (laughs) We're on a Zoom call. 
So how does that work? Like if, if everything is separate, if separation is real, then how would that work? Well, right. we're working in the ether. We're working in the wave part of reality. So it's all one. It's all connected. Our physical bodies may be different and our particles may be in different places, but the spiritual aspect of what we are is truly never disconnected only through our belief is it so it's helpful to know that and what we're doing with that with tuning forks specifically that's different than just like sitting in a bath of sound with singing bowls or gongs and things like that those can be really great refreshing bring a lot of clarity etheric radiance to a being especially if you do it often i'm not saying that the singing bowls and that type of sound healing isn't great but there's a lot of stuff that falls under the label of sound healing and what I'm talking about is like technician work. So I'm very specifically targeting certain places where energy has been kept off balance, either off to the left or off to the right, which in itself tells you something about it. And so whenever we have experiences that we fail to integrate and that we compartmentalize and hide from ourselves, like sweeping dirt under a rug or under our bed and pretending it's gone, we usually store it off balance to the left or the right. And where we store it in our field is an automatic process that tags and identifies exactly what it is and what it feels like. So it becomes something that the practitioner can perceive and know that, oh, I hit this area. Where was I working whenever I felt this feeling in the field? Or I mean, it's complicated. We could talk about it more some other time. But yeah, you, you're very specifically targeting different areas and getting specific information and addressing specific issues and bringing direct awareness of that issue in specificity. So it's not just like a general boost of uh, sitting in sound. Coherent tones like off of singing bowls definitely have a positive and beneficial effect to your whole aura system. But we're talking about going in to where the deep layers were hidden and cracking those shells and sweeping that stuff back to the core. Yeah, that's, that's some, I haven't, I haven't experienced it's actually like so. scientific <laughs> and that's why you should read Eileen's book, everybody electric yeah. body, electric health. It's super good. That sounds awesome. Yeah. We're, we're running on, low on time, but I, I, uh, we're just getting into the real good stuff here too. Uh, I so know. I'm having fun too. I'm yeah. starting to really get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I wanted to talk about that stuff because it informs us to what the alien really is. It's part of ourself that we're hiding from ourself and we're afraid of seeing it for what it is. So what would you say to like real quick, the whistleblower, uh, Phil Schneider, who claims to have been in an underground base and then they, sh the grays shot at him and he really did in real life have like these missing fingers and these weird injuries because of it. I mean, they can materialize in the physical too. I, I mean, or should we even believe that story? I mean, I, I have, I think there's, I entertain the possibility, but I haven't seen it, Yeah. but I'm definitely like, I'm looking for the answers to that too. There's a lot to look at with that. It's a deep one, deep rabbit hole. The, the etymological rabbit holes you can go down studying these beings in religious scriptures and even just in the way language is structured suggests that there is a physical aspect to it. And I believe that there is because we're talking about the potential of an expression of life that has mastered wave particle duality and can fluidly express either side. So there would need to be the possibility of a physical 
expression of these type of beings for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. I agree with you. Well, bro, I, I know you're short on time, so I, uh, we'll do it. We'll do it again, but, uh, I want to plug your, your, your work, your website, where can people find you at and what's, uh, what's the best times when, when is your podcast? Is it weekly? Yeah, I'll just kind of run through it. It'll take me a second. <laughs> I'm doing a lot right now. Yeah. Interverse, the main show is weekly. Sometimes it, I, I go for one a week. So this year I finally completed a, the goal of 52 episodes for the year and I'm already done with that. So I'm taking a little bit of time off of the main show till the end of the year. That comes out at different times, sometimes live, sometimes I just premiere it. Sometimes like, okay, so you can get it on video on YouTube and Rockfin and Odyssey, places like that, BitChute. Or you can just check out the RSS feed if you look up Interverse. Some episodes are definitely better on video because we might be looking at stuff, but I, you know, I kind of fluidly do both in terms of being a just a conversation or having screen shares. Just do whatever feels right. So there's that. That's the main thing, but I also have a show on Wednesday night called Vibe Rant. This is newer. We've done 17 episodes. I started it a few months back. And this is a live show where anything goes. It's really fun. <laughs> I'm trying to like bring some levity and laughter and just free-flowing experience to you know my audience. So the live show Vibe Rant is Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. on Rockfin and YouTube. I do post the replay other places. If you want to support my work, Rockfin or Patreon are the ways to do it. And with Vibrant, I want to say more about that. Actually, we take callers. We have a call in line on Telegram where people can drop memes or video clips, things like that. Like last Wednesday, we were showing all the crazy wind from the geoengineering and someone put a video of porta potties flying around in the sky. <laughs> that was pretty cool. So we definitely laughed at that. And you never know who you're going to get. We had like six people on on screen last Wednesday, including some pretty epic people like Ben Balderson, Mitch, the Oregon donor who I was bringing up, who does this gifting of cell phone towers and others like uh, Corinne Wilson, the occult priestess. She's an old schooler. So we have that vibrant and interverse. I'm also on Weaving Spiders Welcome YouTube channel very often, most Wednesday or uh, most Saturday nights. We we get together and do a, a collective conversation and that is some deep synchromistic gravy, esoteric occult stuff. I'd love to see more people subscribe to them. So that's Weaving Spiders Welcome on YouTube. My website, interversepodcast.com, will lead you to all of these things. I also do usually Monday, sometimes Sunday or Tuesday, a weekly divination video where for the, for the audience, I will give a group divination from the I Ching and the tarot. And those are those vary. They they flow freely. Sometimes they're longer. Sometimes they're shorter. And working with me one on one, people can get in touch. Chance at interversepodcast.com to do some aura tune up work or divination work. Where one on one, I can give you an oracle spread and help you see your superpowers more clearly and what mindset will help you achieve those superpowers. So that's all the stuff I'm doing. I probably forgot something, but interversepodcast.com will take you to all of it and really excited for what is coming next. And I appreciate the time today. It's been cool to chat with you, man. 
kind of want to find out about this insider that talked to you in oh, 2008. Yeah. Well, hey, you can come join us for a vibrant call in some night. Sure. I can tell you a lot. Yeah, definitely. You're a We'd busy man. You have a lot on your plate. You, you're definitely living your purpose and, and, you know, and that's, that's, that's uh, shining a bright light. So we, you know, I appreciate it. It's great to have you on. Thanks, man. Yeah. I'm also an artist and I do that too. So <laughs> there's a lot. Hey, that's, that's, that's real life. You're living it. That's, that's it. All, All right, the fun. Well, uh, thanks for coming on Channing down, Channing down radio and Channing it down. And, uh, we'll have you on again. And I'll I always thought chance sounds like chant with it an does. S. It does. It does. <laughs> yeah. I almost said it, I think on accident once. I'll come back anytime, man. Just okay. Especially if you want to name a topic, I, I sure. like to go deep on specific topics. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we'll do that next time. And, uh, We'll go all direct, any direction. I, I, I love it. It's great. Well, uh, thanks for coming on. And uh, everybody, be a warrior, not a warrior. And chat down the system. Bye.